Frank Network. Content on this production is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It is not medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute medical treatment or diagnosis. Seek medical help if you believe that you are suffering from a mental illness or are a threat to yourself or others. By using any or all of the information provided, you do so at your own risk. Any application of the material is at the listener's discretion and is his or her sole responsibility. Hey everybody, Doc Bryan here. I want to start off by saying that I support Ukraine. I cannot imagine living in a world where I was having constant fear of losing family, losing friends, and losing my country. But there are people today who have that in a proverbial essence within mental health. They don't know if they're going to make it through today. They don't know if they can survive. They don't know if their loved ones are still going to be there with them or for them. And so they live in this constant battlefield within their mind. And if that's you today, I want to encourage you that you can make it. There is nothing that you can't get through. If you don't think you can, I want you to know today, keep going, keep pushing, and you will make it through. Everybody, Doc Brian here, and welcome to Doc Talks, where we talk about people's troubles, trials, tribulations, and hopefully triumphs in life. Now, today I want to talk to you, we're going to talk on the subject, hallucinations versus delusions. Now, <clears throat> you may have heard of people say, oh, you're delusional, or oh, you're hallucinating. And sometimes we get those two symptoms mixed up. And so both hallucinations and delusions are characteristic symptoms of psychosis or mental illness that can trigger a psychotic episode. Uh, however, there are other causes and triggers, including physical medical condition. Uh, while one episode of a delusion or a single hallucination may not indicate any serious condition, Either one should be checked out and evaluated by a medical doctor or mental health professional. So a hallucination is anything that is sensed. It is a sense of our five senses. It's heard, seen, felt, or even smelled that is not real. And the person experiencing hallucination may believe that it is real. Everything about the vision, everything about the sound, the voice, or other sensation seems very real. Now, the definition of a delusion is just a little different, although it involves the experience of something that feels real but isn't. A delusion is a belief that is obviously false, and yet the individual experiencing it thinks it's absolutely true. A delusion is not a belief that is false because of a person's intelligence, their education, their culture, their religion, or some other factor, but it is a false sense because it has some abnormality of the individual's thinking. That person will firmly believe in the delusion, even when repeatedly shown evidence to the contrary. And so both hallucinations and delusions are a disturbance in reality. They're experiences that seem real to the observer, but they're not real. Now, one difference is that a person experiencing a hallucination may realize that it's not true. 
For instance, when a migraine causes an aura or lines in the vision, when caused by mental illness, hallucinations and delusions often occur together. Now, recent research has said that as many as one in 20 people have hallucinations that are not caused by drug use, alcohol, dreams, or psychotic disorders. And the study also found that about 6% of people have experienced hallucinations or delusions that hallucinations are much more common. So what is a hallucination? Uh, according to the current edition of the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders or Mental Disorders, uh, which is the guide that we use to diagnose and treat all kinds of mental health disorders, hallucinations are defined as perception-like experiences that occur without an external stimulus. These perceptions are vivid and seem very real. They lie outside the voluntary control of the person experiencing them. And, and although seeing things or hearing voices may be a type of hallucinations that you've heard most of, vision and hearing aren't the only senses that could be affected by hallucinations. You see, we have five senses and hallucinations can occur in any of those senses. Hallucinations are, are often a feature of psychosis, which is used to describe a, a disconnection, if you will, from reality. It occurs in many different mental health and, and other illnesses. So people tend to experience one or more of five different types of hallucinations. Now, the first, uh, most of us have heard of an auditory hallucination, which is the presence of sound or voices that aren't being triggered, I guess, by an external stimulus. While a voice or voices might be the most common type of auditory hallucinations, some people may hear other things, uh, such as music or knocking on the walls or static sounds. And those are things that someone standing in the same room can't hear. And then the other type of hallucinations that we hear of a lot are visual. Now, they are the second most common type of hallucination. And of course, it's based around our sense of sight. It can range really from shadows in our peripheral view and items that aren't fully formed to fully formed objects. And these visual apparitions take fully constituted shapes of people and animals and other things that may just appear as real to an actual person, as real as a puppy sitting in the room with you. And then there are tactile. Uh, these hallucinations affect the sense of touch, and we don't hear about these a lot. Maybe you feel like someone is tapping you on the shoulder and you turn around and nobody is there. The sensation of bugs crawling on your skin or electricity running through your body are some ways that people would experience a tactile hallucination. And then there's the olfactory. Somebody may, may just say, what is that terrible smell? And it could be an olfactory hallucination. Rather than getting an unsolicited whiff of, of a delicious pie or, or a, a flagrant flower, these people uh, with olfactory hallucinations usually uh, is unpleasant, uh, such as the smell of smoke, uh, cigarette smoke, fire smoke. They, they smell things that, that aren't there. And then there's gustatory. Even our sense of taste can be impacted by hallucinations. This happens when you have a taste sensation for something 
that you have not adjusted. Now, hallucinations are normally a component of psychosis to the person experiencing them, and, and they could be as real as to be indistinguishable from the rest of their reality. And so a hallucination is a sensory experience that occurs in the absence of an external stimulus. Now, there are many different reasons that people uh, have hallucinations. One of the most common is schizophrenia. Uh, it's a mental illness that usually the first condition people think of when they think of hallucinations, hearing voices is a common sign of psychosis that arises from schizophrenia. Now, there are other mental illnesses such as mood disorders like bipolar and depression can trigger psychosis in some people and include hallucinations. Of course, then there are the medical substance abuse. Certain medications would have hallucinations aside as a side effect. Also, when you think about medication, substance abuse, some recreational drugs like uh, LSD or PCP or heroin, cocaine, ecstasy, the fact that these substances can cause hallucinations is part of the lure to use them. Uh, then, of course, brain damage uh, resulting from tumors, strokes, or trauma can cause hallucinations. And then within hallucinations, we also see another word that, that we often get confused, and that is in delirium. Now, delirium is a, a serious disruption or disturbance in our mental ability that results in confused thinking, reduced awareness of our environment, and it usually sets in with other uh, chronic illnesses. A lot of times we hear about ICU, intensive care unit, delirium, where they have been there long enough that they begin to see or hear things that aren't there. Of course, a high fever can cause these. Uh, there are other neurological diseases uh, such as Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia uh, that can can cause these. Of course, kidney failure. You may have heard uh, uh, older people uh, who get urinary tract infections can suffer from hallucinations, epilepsy, narcolepsy, blindness, deafness, uh, even AIDS, HIV can cause late stages in the late stages of that disease, uh, delirium-induced hallucinations. And so that's, that's a couple of things that we look at when we think of hallucinations, auditory, visual, tactile, olfactory, and gustatory. So that is a hallucination, but what is a delusion? Now, a delusion is any persistent and false belief could be a delusion. But as with hallucinations, there are some common types of categorized delusions, and they are often triggered by mental illness or a psychotic episode. So there's persecutory, which there are delusions and in which you believe someone is out to get you or is mistreating them. Then there's the grandiose. A grandiose delusion is uh, a belief relating to having special powers or relationships with someone important or famous or having exceptional talents of abilities. Uh, we think about people here that are in love with a certain uh, celebrity that they've never met, they've never really talked to, but they believe they have this grandiose delusion that they are in love. And then there's the jealous delusion. It, it's believing a partner is unfaithful without any reason to believe that. There's stomach delusions. This false belief that someone is, that they're sick or physically disabled is stomach. 
And then there's just the bizarre delusions. There are our delusions are often not bizarre, uh, meaning that they couldn't be true. But bizarre delusions are those that could not be true, such as believing someone is controlling someone's mind. And so when we when we look at hallucinations versus delusions, we have to understand that hallucinations is something being sensed. It's heard, felt, filled, or smelled. So a delusion is an experience that something feels real but isn't, and it's obviously false. So when we think about hallucinations, let's think of external, okay? They are something heard, seen, felt, or smelled, uh, or taste that's, that's not real. When we think about delusions, let's think internally that I have this idea, this thought that something is is taking place. Now, of course, uh, as we've already heard, these two can coincide with each other. When my mom had COVID, uh, she was in the hospital and rehab centers for 161 days. While she was in ICU, she began to suffer from what the doctors thought was ICU delirium, intensive care unit delirium. And that's the thought of where they have been somewhere for so long that they lose track of time, that you know they, they don't have any external ability to see outside or they see the same people every day. And so they get into delusion. Now, my mother began to have dreams uh, or realistic realities in her sense that the rapture had taken place, the rapture of the church had taken place, and that other things where she was charged uh, criminally for something that she had done, or, or just this this crazy idea that my uncle, who lives in Maryland, came to Arkansas, picked her up, took her back to Maryland, the police chased them down, and they brought her back to the hospital in Little Rock, or that she was transferred from the hospital in Little Rock to a hospital in Maumelle. Now, for those of you listening that aren't from our area, you know there is not a hospital in Maumelle. But as I begin to discuss this with the doctors, I begin to notice that her delusions happened more intense with more intensity after she had taken a drug. Now, she had one of the things that COVID can cause is gastroparesis, if I've said that right, gastroparesis. And what that is, is basically where your stomach kind of shuts off uh, being able to dump into your small intestine. And so it causes acid reflux. It causes vomiting, a lot of different things. And there are only one medicine that is approved by the FDA to give for gastroparesis. And that drug is Reglan. And many people take it for stomach issues. But one of the side effects of Reglan is delusions and hallucinations. And so I hate to say that I fought with the doctor, but it took a lot of convincing that this was the drug. Now, of course, they didn't want to take her off of that because of the gastrophrenesis, that she would begin vomiting again, that she would have these stomach troubles and she would become dehydrated and, and all the things that come with that. And and I'm like, well, at this point, what do we have to lose? You know, she is headed towards a ventilator. At least let her have a clear mind. They took her off Reglan and within 24 hours, she had called. She was in her right mind, if you will. 
But even today, over a year and a half later, she still tells me about these things that happened in the hospital that was a part of a hallucination or a delusion. And I'm having to convince her that these things are not real, that this did not happen. And But it's very real to her. It's something that, that really took place with her. Now, when my dad had his stroke and he was in the rehab center, he began to become delusional. He began to believe that they were going to do brain surgery, that that he was going to die. He, he had this uh, hallucinations that there were people in the room. They were talking about him, that someone was trying to kill him. And so in that case, due to a stroke, which is a neurological condition, he had hallucinations and delusions. Now, I want to tell you a story about something that happened to me. Oh, it's been two or three years ago. I was at the church office uh, here in Little Rock, and as I was leaving my office, and there was nobody at the church, I had been the only one there that particular day, as I was getting onto the road out from the church, I received a phone call from Memphis, Tennessee. Now, I don't particularly know anyone from Memphis that would call me, and I, like many, don't answer the phone if I don't know who they are. And so I didn't answer the phone, and this number immediately called me back after I declined the call. And I thought, well, that's kind of persistent, but I don't know anybody, so I'm not going to answer. Well, the third time that I received a call from this number, I decided to answer. And it was a very distraught woman on the other line. And she told me that her 16-year-old son had left school in Memphis and had told school administrators that he had to go that there was a preacher that he was going to meet, and this preacher was going to help him to kill himself. Now, to me, uh, that should have been a very big red flag to the administration to not let this kid leave. I, I know that there are school resource officers, police officers in school, that they have security that in these particular cases could have intervened and said, hey, you're not going anywhere. But somehow or another, they let this kid go. And she said, this This mother said, we have tracked him. Now, mind you, Memphis is about two and a half hours from Little Rock. She said, we have tracked his phone and he is sitting in your parking lot. And I said, ma'am, I just left there. There was nobody. There's no vehicles. There are no people in the parking lot. Um, she said, well, could you please just check? Could you please check? And so I I pulled over on the side of the road. I checked the security cameras at the church, and there was no one here. And I said, sorry, uh, ma'am, I I don't know how I can help you. There's no one there. And about the time that I got home, I really began to reflect on what had just happened. Now, Jennifer and I had just adopted Luke, so I'm a new father here. And I began to think about if this was Luke— would I not want somebody to go completely out of their way to try to help someone whose kid was in need? And so I called the lady back and I said, can you, can you just tell me everything that has happened just, you know, from the very onset, what is going on? And she began to tell me that her son had schizoaffective disorder, that he often had hallucinations, that they believed that he was off of his medication, uh, that he had delusions. They had found out that he was off his medication when the school had called. 
And so she said that he believed that he was to come somewhere and that he was to meet a, a preacher or a priest that was going to assist him in committing suicide so that he would still be able to go to heaven. And I said, well, he's not in our parking lot. We own several acres of land beside the church, about five acres that are completely wooded area, the undeveloped property. And I said, well, give me his cell phone number. And she said, well, his cell phone's turned off. There, you know, we've done find my iPhone. We have uh, uh, Life 360. We can't, we can't find him. His phone is turned off. And I said, well, just let me try. Just give me a cell phone. So I called uh, his cell phone. It immediately went to voicemail, which if you know about phones, if, if a phone goes immediately to voicemail, it's probably on do not disturb or turned off. And so as a last ditch effort, I text him and I simply said, where are you? You're not where you're supposed to be. And within two seconds, the little bubbles popped up. You know how it does on the iPhone when somebody is, is messaging. And he, he responded and said, no, you're not where you are supposed to be. You're not where you told me to meet you. And I said, well, uh, send me your location. And so he sent me his location on, on his phone, uh, the GPS location. And sure enough, he was on our property. And he was in the wooded area. And so then I think, you know, it, it, this is in the middle of June or July. It is so hot outside. You know, there, uh, there are chiggers in the woods. If you're from the South, you, you know what I'm talking about. And so I decide, well, I, I've got to go help this guy. And so I, I text his mother and said, hey, look, he has sent me his location. I sent her the location. I said, meet me here. She said, we're like an hour and a half still away. And I said, that's okay. Uh, if I find him, I will let you know that he's okay. And so here I, here I am in dress pants and button-up shirt and nice dress shoes walking out in the middle of this undeveloped land that is, that is pure thicket, cuckleburrs everywhere and mosquitoes and, and all the things that come with being in that kind of terrain. And so I, I'm looking at my GPS tracker and it says that I am exactly where he's at. And so I zoom in and it's like, you know, it looks like he's a foot or two in front of me. And I almost stepped on him. Th that's how thick these, these woods were. And I, I saw him, I called his name and I said, Hey, I'm the, the preacher that is here to help you. Now, uh, let me say this. When someone is in a delusion or a, a state of hallucination, it is very, very important that you get into their reality until you are able to get someone there to help you and to help them. This young man had a firearm. And it was loaded. And he he made sure that I knew that. And so in order for me to convince him to do anything, I had to live in his reality or I could have been shot and killed. And so I lived in this reality. And uh, for an hour and a half, I talked to him. I sat down in the woods. We had a conversation about 45 minutes into this conversation. I was able to get the gun away from him 
by convincing him that I was the one to, that was supposed to kill him instead of him killing himself. That way it wasn't suicide so that he could still go to heaven, if you will. Now, how, your beliefs on suicide and eternity are, are for you to, to figure out. But in doing that, I was able to get the firearm from him. I was able to disarm the firearm. And so living in his delusion, I told him the story uh, of the Bible, which he is very versed in, come from a very good Christian home, about the story in the Old Testament about Abraham and Isaac. And if you remember the story, you will remember that God told Abraham to go up on the mountain with, with his son and that God said, take your son, your only son, the one that you love, Isaac, and take him up on the mountain and you're going to offer him as a sacrifice to me. Now, Isaac, being the son, Abraham took his son up the mountain. And uh, if you remember the story when Abraham got on top of the mountain, he raised his sword to, to kill uh, his son Isaac. He had bound him up, uh, placed him on the altar. God then intervenes and provided a ram to offer as a sacrifice instead. And so I explained to this young man that sometimes God, in telling us what to do, now once again living in his delusion, is simply asking us or testing our faith to see exactly how far we will go. Now, he had been convinced in his delusion that God had, was wanting him to die. It wasn't necessarily that he wanted to die as much as he believed that God had told him this, that, that this is what God wanted him to do. And so I was able to convince him living within his delusion that God was just testing his faithfulness. Now, we're about an hour and a half in, his mom starts coming walking through the woods. And, and so I begin to tell the story about how God provided a ram in the bull rush, if you will, to provide comfort and care to be offered instead of him. And so it just so happened that his mom comes walking in at the time of this taking place. And, and I'm going, do you know who this is? They're walking up on me, kind of acting a little skittish. And he said, that's my mom. And I said, maybe I, or I said, I know that God has sent your mom in this point in time to show you that he was just testing your faithfulness. At which point, the young man delivered this delusion uh, as being a part of all of this actual reality. And so we were able to get him out of the woods, get him in a car, and take him to the hospital to be admitted in a psychiatric facility. Now, that may sound like a wild story, but I, I guarantee it's well documented with the police and, and with a hospital that it that it took place. Now, living in that delusion, he saw and heard things that was not real, but he also had the internal belief that this is what he was supposed to do. So you could say that he had auditory 
and visual hallucinations of where he was supposed to be, what he was supposed to be doing. But he also had this delusion that God had told him these things, that he was supposed to be here, that he was supposed to meet a particular person. All of this stuff was intertwined, and the purpose or the the reasoning behind it, the symptom, if you will, was because he had gotten off of his medication and having schizoaffective disorder, it led him to this end. Now, I, I want to, to be very clear that there are some people who suffer from delusions and hallucinations that end up killing themselves or doing something very, very harmful to themselves or others. And so when we look at the reasoning behind certain occurrences, we don't always know what happened in the end. And so it's it's difficult for us to come to terms with what may be happening. I've told you the story about a man who was in my church. He was a very strong Vietnam vet, very big man. And he began to not know where he was at. He began to have hallucinations and delusions. And uh, I went to his house. He decided he was going to kill himself. He had a gun in his hand. I was able to convince him to not kill himself. And through the help of We Are the 22, which is a veteran suicide task force, we were able to get him into the hospital and come to find out two weeks later, he did not have a mental illness. He had a brain tumor. Uh, and the brain tumor was so large that it was inoperable, and he died about a month later. And so it, it said all that to say this, delusions and hallucinations can be so closely related together, but at the same time, they are completely different and independent of each other. Once again, hallucinations fall within your senses, but delusions fall within your internal beliefs. Now, if you know someone who is suffering from delusions, from hallucinations, then you need to call the National Mental Health Hotline. And the number to that, which we will provide here within our, our description of the podcast, is 1-800-950-6264, one 800 950 Nine, four. Now, if you are suffering from suicidal thoughts due to a hallucination or delusion or a family member is suffering from that, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Hallucinations, delusions are very, very serious very serious, and it can cause a person to act out of their normal character. And it's so important when someone begins to hallucinate or have a delusion that you get them help as soon as possible. Now, if you are in fear of your life or if you fear that you might hurt yourself or someone else and you have the knowledge that that is taking place, call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, one 800 273 8255-800-273-8255. Or if it's someone that you love, call 911. Get them the help that they need. Hallucinations, see, touch, taste, feel, hear. Delusions 
are internalized, things we believe that aren't there. If you need help, seek help. Reach out to someone who you know that will care for you and care about you. It's so important that we love and care for our loved ones in a way that we can get them help when they need it. Thank you for listening to Doc Talks today. Of course, I'm Doc Bryan. You can find me at thedocbryan.com. All of my social media links are available at the bottom of that website. Now, if you've listened today and you've experienced someone who has had delusions or hallucinations, or maybe yourself have, I want to invite you to call in to our guest line at 910-777-7239. That's 910-777-7239. Leave us a message. We may need to contact you, text you back, and, and hear about your story, your experience, and And we may want you to come on the air and talk to us about what happened with your loved one or yourself. That number, once again, is 910-777-7239. Call us, leave us a message. You can also text that number if you like, 910-777-7239. We would love to hear about you, love to hear your experiences, or you can leave us a message on any of our social media that you can find at the bottom of our website, thedocbryan.com. That's T-H-E-D-O-C, excuse me, B-R-I-A-N.com. Thank you for listening to Doc Talks today. Of course, Doc Talks is a part of the Be Frank Network. You can find all of our podcasts there at befranknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening today, and we hope that you have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.